Hey, good afternoon. This is Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. I'm Shannon. And our title for today's talk is, you already know because you've read it, but it's, yeah, you need it. And I can't believe we didn't do a podcast about this, just about this subject before. Because mm. I went through them, number six and number 34 talked about it, and we do talk about it every single time. But this is solely Solely what? Solely focused on the Bible. So we're talking about the Word of God here. And why we, yeah, you need it. And I want to say something. Now, I know there are people, believers, believers and non-believers, if there are people who are not yet believers, but they're starting to read the Word, which is a good thing. Anyone can read the Word. It's good for everybody. But I know there are believers who struggle to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, and God understands that. Right. But I want to say... It is God's will for each of us to long to read the Bible, to soak it in. So if you don't have that longing or that desire to read it, ask God for it because he's going to give you that desire. I don't, I, I don't see why he wouldn't. I mean, it's, it, it's his word. And there are so many ways we can get into the word now. Um, you can do studies. You can do um group study with other people you can do it on your own you can you can there's all sorts of concordances out there where you can find it you can listen to it there's so many websites now that have so many different translations you can find the one you like yeah some people absolutely love the king james version some people don't like it because of the of the wording of it the these and the thous and that kind of stuff there's other ones who put it into plain english um if you want to you can find Something that speaks to you in language that you understand. Yeah, and God so, will use every single one. Yes, and what's awesome, what I find good sometimes when I'm, if I am reading the Bible and I'll read it on my computer, is that I can then, if I hit something, I can research yeah. little things and get context or get a better understanding of what's going on in that particular passage I'm reading. So um, we have so many resources, more than any other time in history. Yeah. So there should be absolutely no excuse why mm-hmm. we can't read the word. And whether you're, you can get whether you're saved single, and you consider yeah. yourself um, one of God's children or not, doesn't matter. Get into the word. If you're not, you'll be amazed at what you can find. And if you are, you'll be amazed at what you can yeah. find. And I would guarantee that most everyone who listens to this podcast has a smartphone. Every single smartphone has access to audio Bibles. Sure. For free. Sure. I mean, it's free. So I want, uh, yesterday, let me find I it. want to start with just one passage. Oh, go for right it. Right off the go bat. Go for it, yes. This is Second Timothy 3. Oh, this okay, is good. So I'm going to go yeah. um, 16 through 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I think that's that's where we need to start. When we're talking about the Word of God, we need to start right there. Mm. There are a lot of people that like to take passages from the Bible and make them stand on their own. On put them a little slow. Part, yeah, yeah. Or, and oftentimes they'll take them out of context, and there will be um, then they'll make uh, they'll make studies off of just one little passage, and they take that passage and they twist it around, and, and they can yeah. make it fit themselves, but. This specific passage from Paul says that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable. All scripture. 
there are people that will say only the New Testament counts because the Old Testament was old and that was that was with the Israelites and it wasn't. No, it's all connected. It is all a complete work from Genesis to Revelation. It is the beginning and the ending. It's all there. Yeah. There's nothing beyond it. Like some cults will say that there's another book on top of what was there or there's lost books or all that kind of stuff. You don't need anything. But what's between Genesis 1 and the end of Revelation? That's it. So when we look at this word, I, I guarantee if you get into the word, you will never be bored. No. And every time you read it, you'll pick up something new from God. Even if it's the same thing you've read before, as you go through, God opens our hearts and our minds to deeper and deeper insights. And maybe in the context of where you are right now or what's going on in your life right now, God has to show you something today mm -hmm. that two years ago when you read the same thing didn't hit. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit interprets the Bible for us, I believe. Mm -hmm. And when it says um, in Second Timothy here, when it says all scripture is breathed out by God. Don't minimize any of the books based upon the person who's given credit for being the author mm -hmm. because the Holy Spirit was involved in the writing. So everything that was written is written for a purpose. Mm -hmm. Everything that was written was written perfectly according to God's will. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't, it wouldn't be there. So when we go into these things, that's what I love about some of these things mm -hmm. in the Bible. You find the context, you find the background, you find out what was going on at the time. And then you take that context and you apply it to today and say, well, what, how would that, mm -hmm. the church in Corinth fit today? Mm -hmm. How would the Romans fit today? How would, um, uh, in the book of Acts, as they're traveling around, what about somebody traveling today? What would that, mm -hmm. what would that look like? And you can personalize it then. Yeah. And take it into yourself. I, uh, Thursday, I want to read this to you. And it's like I said, this won't be a surprise to you, but it just spoke to me in a new way. Psalm 34, 8 says, and this is a command, actually. Mm -hmm. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blesses, blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And this is what I thought about. Taste is our most basic sense, is the first way babies explore their world. This is why they put everything in their mouths. <laughs> when we choose to taste something, like just physically, we're opening ourselves up to an experience which we hope and believe will be good. We don't put things in our mouth that we know we hate, unless if it's medicine, we have to. But this is how we can approach God's word. We can ingest it into our souls, into our spirits as we just read it. And there's one other thing. This was on the 6th that mm -hmm. I read this. And this is, again, this is actually a very famous passage. People probably heard this passage. It's, it's Psalm 30, verse 11 and 12. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness, that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. And that is such a joyous passage. Mm. But when I read it on the 6th, as I put a little note, I, I just felt such peace when I read that, that that's how I'm going to react to a certain situation in our lives when it happens. And that, it just gave me such joy when I read that because mm -hmm. I can imagine that now. And it's, it's you know, God's truth never changes. But I think, like you said, our lives change. And so mm -hmm. the, the, world, the word can speak to us in new ways constantly. Yeah, and 
I've got another little passage Ooh, yeah, here about this is Hebrews four twelve. Okay. For the word of God, and that's what we're talking about yeah. here, is living and active. I love that. Living and active. Mm -hmm. Because that means that this is not you're not reading a historical novel. You're not reading the bestseller from seventeen eighty nine. It was written over the period of about fifteen hundred years by forty different authors, but it is still as living and active as our God is. Mm -hmm. So the word of God is just as active in our lives and just as important in our lives and just as contemporary in mm -hmm. our lives as it was when it was first written. Mm -hmm. And it says, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Your heart, my heart, mm -hmm. our hearts. So God's word is living and active right now. Mm -hmm. There are things about God's word that will apply to every aspect of your life, every aspect of your thoughts, every aspect of your spirit, every aspect of your walk with Christ. Mm -hmm. So if we can't dismiss it as anything in the past. Now there's, there's some challenging books in the Bible to read. Mm -hmm. Leviticus and Numbers are the two that always you know what can slow me down a little bit, but... They're purposeful. They are purposeful. We should read them. But uh, one time I asked God, Lord, why do we got to read Leviticus? And I really felt it's a training of the mind. Mm. It helps you get into the rhythm of the Bible. Mm. Everything is a training thing with the Bible. God, God, um, I want to bring something else up here, mm. is that when we read the Bible, sometimes we get like, there are times you can get an immediate answer to some question you have. I mean, something right, like that. Right. But a lot of times it's more like it seeps into your life and it produces fruit as you live it out and you and it transforms you from the inside out. Oh, would you read Romans 12 too? Romans 12 too? Yeah. yeah I'll find it for you. Okay. I'm going to let you read that. And then I want to tell you something I asked in Sunday school one time and it made such sense to me. The answer one of our friends gave. Okay, Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And that's what he does with the world, the, the word. Mm -hmm. He transforms our mind. And we always have to come back because if you live in this world and you're trying not to live the way of the world, you're going to be kind of tainted. You need to get back to the word to get your mind back to be renewed because we get bombarded by junk in this world. Like I know if you see any social media or if you watch television or if you read newspaper, any kind of media whatsoever, and also people throughout the day, if you work with a lot of people, some people bring a bunch of baggage and toxicity to work. You need to let God renew you with all that to get his purposes again. But I remember one time in Sunday school, and I don't know what we were studying at the time, but for some reason, horoscopes came up. Mm. And I said, why do people read horoscopes? They know they're just made up. And uh, Mitzi said, I think, or, or go to fortune tellers or whatever, because, mm -hmm. you know, they just make it all up. But even though people probably know it's all made up, they want people. She said, I think it's because they want immediate answers. So if you do go, I've never been to a fortune teller, but I've seen fortune tellers on TV, on a TV show or whatnot. You go and often they give you like, a lot of times it's kind of shadowy kind of things right. and you can interpret the way you want. But, and even also in the horoscope, 
it will be kind of general things. It's vague so that you can put meaning to it. Yes. So it's meaning, but they, they get answers right away. And even though they might know in the back of their mind, this is all made up. They feel good because they got some answers to something. Well, and the answers that they get are what they want. Yes. That's the difference between the word of God and that kind of stuff is what we get out of the word of God is what God wants us to hear. Yes. And it may not be what you want to hear. Right. It may, it may be convicting. It may be something that is like it says, like that passage I read, maybe it's a correction that you're getting. Mm. Maybe it's discernment that you mm-hmm. haven't had before. Maybe it's a separation of things. I hadn't thought about that. But if you go to these other sources, they're going to stroke your ego. Or you're going to interpret it in whatever way you want. Yes. Which is not necessarily the truth. And oftentimes we try and pad our own reality with our personal truth, mm-hmm. which is not really truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other thing I want to say about the word of God is one of the things that is over time that is just amazing about the word of God. And if you think about it from a holistic aspect, or you mm-hmm. step back in a metacognitive way and look at it from a distance, the Bible is absolutely indestructible. Mm-hmm. There have been so many times throughout history when people have tried to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll go back to Diocletian. He was one of the early Roman emperors that tried to get rid of it. Um, communist dictators, mm-hmm. modern day atheists. Um, there have been people that have burned Bibles. There have been people who, who dismiss it and all those things. It's always been the number one selling book in the United States. Or in the world, I think. In the world. Um, there are places where people will give their life for a Bible. Not and give their life to take people. The best Bibles. seller of, uh, you know, on the no, New York Times was so But Mark 13, 31, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Wow. The word of God is going to outlive all humanity. And it will still be true. And it will still be factual. And it will still be helping everyone beyond the lifetime of our species. Mm-hmm. So... When everything else passes away, God's word stands. So why wouldn't you get familiar with it now? Mm. Why would you not get familiar with these things now? Um, It defies logic to take something so worthwhile and so beneficial and so timeless. It defies logic not to want to get into it. And you know... I've heard people say, oh, I've read it before. I know what's in it. Uh, I don't, if they say that, I know they don't read the Bible. Nope. Because you might know a few stories, but even if you've only heard the stories or read them a long time ago, you've forgotten them. You or don't know even, the details. Even if, I, I agree with that, but even if we were to take that that statement and there was someone who could quote it chapter and verse, word for word, mm-hmm. they're still not getting to the bone. Mm-hmm. The only way you can really get into the word is to get into it regularly and get it into it, get into it consistently. And that will last the rest of your life because mm-hmm. you will never ever possess all the knowledge that God has and God speaks through his word. So if you want to hear what God has to say for you, and like I said, circumstances in your life might change and a passage that did not mean anything to you the last time you read it or quoted it or saw it on a bumper sticker will suddenly fulfill a place in your life because the Holy Spirit will point it out to you. And there is no way that anyone can say they know it all. And even if a passage spoke to you 10 years ago, it -hmm. may speak to you again in a new way. Mm -hmm. Same exact passage. Exactly. And I want to read this. This is Isaiah 55, Mm -hmm. uh, 10 and 11. 
For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and spout, sprout, excuse me, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. Mm-hmm. So that in itself, if God's word is spoken, it is going to accomplish what it's supposed to do. Yep. So actually, if you want some power in your life, speak God's word into your own life or into your children's lives, and it won't come back empty. It will Finish the rest of that verse. It will not return empty. But... Shall not return to me. Oh, there's more. It's the next mm-hmm. page. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. But it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God's word goes out. God sent it. I want to read this. This is, I just started this book. My friend Beth sent me, The Jesus I Never Knew by Philip Yancey. I've known about this book for years. It was written in 1995. So it's been around a long time. Mm -hmm. I've been a Christian since 1988. And I thought, oh, I want to read that sometime. Never have. She sent me the book, and already I've got tons of outlines, and I'm only in chapter 2. So I want to read this. Um, He's talking about Jesus. Well, obviously, the whole book's about Jesus. But uh, let me read this. This is a quote from H.G. Wells. Hmm. Is he the one who wrote 1984? No. No. He's the one that wrote Journey to the Center of the Earth. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, Mr. Yancey is quoting H.G. Wells in this. Uh Uh-huh. More than 1,900 years later, said H.G. Wells, a historian like myself, who doesn't even call himself a Christian, finds the picture centering irresistibly around the life and character of this most significant man, Jesus. The historian's test of an individual's greatness is, what did he leave to grow? Did he start men to thinking along fresh lines with a vigor that persisted after him? By this test, Jesus stands first. That was said by a man who isn't even a Christian, mm. that he could honestly look at the life of Jesus and say, um, he's great individual. Mm-hmm. And of course, and he's better than that. He's yeah, the, God Bible, and, okay. the Bible has been proven um, factual over and over again. And if someone was to ignore that, they're ignoring that at their own peril and they're, they're ignoring it um, I, contrary to all um, principles of historians looking at documentation and looking at written word when they hold it up they have certain standards and there is nothing that has more factual basis through archaeology through exterior writing through uh, the the proof of prophecy in the bible coming true nothing in the world has ever held up with the same amount of vigor in research as the bible so even from man's perspective Mm -hmm. they can't deny that it is a powerful and truthful um, book. So, and I believe the Bible, the Bible as a piece of literature or whatever, mm-hmm. we have the closest to original copies of any other mm-hmm. any other uh, literature on Earth. Yeah, and we found that through things like the Dead Sea Scrolls. Mm-hmm. So there's things. Oftentimes, uh, it's obvious through through the years things get passed down, and of course. Um, a lot of uh, earlier civilizations used oral traditions. Mm-hmm. But the Dead Sea Scrolls came many, many years after it was written, but still in ancient times, and it was almost a word-for-word translation. So what that tells us is that that word-for-word translation compared to the original Torah, the Pentateuch, the Jewish writings, 
all the way through our modern day Bibles and the way we are now, it has never changed. I think that, I don't know when the Dead Sea Scrolls were written, but they were found in the 1940s by a shepherd who came into a cave. Um, I remember just reading mm-hmm. that recently. But another thing I want to bring out is that every archaeological dig that is around, like, somewhere where the Bible uh, history is, not once has a archaeological dig contradicted the Bible. Nope. In fact, every single time they have a new archaeological dig, it just validates it. Validates it. Yeah. They have never found anything to contradict any of it. Yeah, the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered between 1947 and 1956 in oh, 11 okay. different caves. And they're approximately 2,000 years old, dating from the 3rd century BCE to the 1st century CE. So from the 3rd century BCE to the 1st century CE. So we've got before and after Christ there. So they're even older than it's Jesus a, It's a connective. Human Jesus. Well, some of them are. Some yeah. of them are afterwards. After. So it's a connective tissue between the Old and the New Testament. Right. And archaeologically, if you were to find something like that, um, it's undeniable proof. So. Right. I'm a history. I'm a history geek. I kind of like that stuff. So oh, it works for incredible. me. So the the indestructible quality of the Bible and the fact that some people that don't have access to it are so hungry for it is always an amazing thing for me when I hear about uh, trying to get Bibles into uh, communist Soviet Union, into China, into North Korea, Mm -hmm. what people go through to try Mm -hmm. and do that. Um, I mean, it's absolutely amazing to me that we here in the United States and in the Western world in general have such free access. And yet we will oftentimes not give it a passing thought where someone who does not have access to it is willing to risk their life for it. That's, that's an why. amazing thing. Maybe yeah. We're spoiled for, Everything. we're spoiled for, uh, uh, for choice here because we have so much, maybe it's overwhelming people. I don't know, but I think there's never been a time in, in our history. I think that, this can be more important than right now. Oh, yeah. I think in the history of the world, history of the United States, uh, with what's going on in our world today, getting into the word and hearing God's voice is more important than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has happened many times throughout history when someone would say that, I'm sure. But the reason I feel that way is because if you read all the way through and you read Revelations and you read some of these other passages talking about how time progresses and what happens as time progresses, you will start seeing similarities in our, you can go to the news and look in the Bible and find things that are very similar, but back and forth. Mm -hmm. If your eyes are wide open and you're listening to God's word. Mm -hmm. So I think right now we really need to get into that word. Can I share a verse I I read today? It's uh, Psalm 42, eight. And I mean, it's the word, so it, it relates, but it was something I just read. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night, his songs with me, a prayer to the God of my life. And I was just, sometimes I just have some just odd dreams that leave me not feeling very good. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't make, they wouldn't make any sense to anyone else why they'd make me feel bad, but they they make me feel yucky. And, and, and I was like, oh, I want to hear his song through my dreams. Wouldn't that be cool? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what it sounds like. I, and I wrote, I want your song to 
I can't remember my name. My night uh, to 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 lead my night dreams. Mm. Please, Almighty God, I no longer want dreams covered colored by unspoken anxiety or stress. Oh, I want it to be the theme in my dreams. I don't know what it would. I don't want my. I don't know what my dreams would be, but if it's God's song, it could be incredible. You know, I think of like Joseph when he had the dreams when the angel came to him and told him Mary's going right. to have Jesus and. And other people have had dreams. Yeah, the other Joseph. And the other Joseph, yes. <laughs> well, and I think um, when we're talking about, you know, the applicability and the need for the word and how it applies to us, and I think one of the things that people have taken wrongly over the years is they look at David, mm-hmm. and everybody remembers Bathsheba, mm-hmm. and even Christians might remember his ungrateful children, mm-hmm. some of the other things that happened. David made some mistakes in his life. But David was called a man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. And I think personally, I think when I read those passages in Psalms, when he talks about the word and the mm-hmm. word dwelling and, and, and how, how important the word is to him and how he keeps it on his lips and he keeps it in his mind all the time. I think that's why David was a man after God's own heart mm-hmm. was because he was listening to God. He was yeah. going through the word over and over again and making it, making his life um, a life based on the word. Now what happened to the people around him and the other stuff that happened in his life, a human made a mistake, came back, um, repented and was given grace. But in his Psalms, mm-hmm. in his Psalms, you see his heart. And also, and you said this, I don't know if you said this in the sermon once or during Sunday school or whatever, but you said, David never denied God. And David, I mean, God was always part of his life. And when he, when he was confronted with his sin with Bathsheba and the killing of Uriah, the murder of Uriah, he immediately repented. Mm -hmm. And, and if you, if you look at him compared to some of the other Kings, some of them did it right. But a lot of them, and a lot of people, they might start out right, and we talked about this last podcast, they might start out right, but then, I don't know, pride hardens their hearts, and then when someone confronts them, because we all do wrong things, and and all of us will be confronted at one time or another in our lives, probably several times, Mm -hmm. it's how we react to that confrontation. Even if a person, we have to hear the message through the the confrontation, because a lot of people are not good at confronting. They might do it in a reactionary way or in an angry way. I think Nathan probably did it. In, oh, he did a good way, you know, but still. If, yeah, if David a, had been prideful. as And David listened to Nathan's speech as the word of God. Yes. He knew it was God-inspired when Nathan came to him. Yeah. Nobody else would have done that. Mm-hmm. Probably at that point in time, very few people would have come and confronted David. But when Nathan did, he knew that was from God. Read that Second Timothy passage again. I just thought of something. Three sixteen, I believe. Yeah, three sixteen and seventeen. Yeah. Did you read All that? scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for repute, reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. There, that that word correction in there. Mm-hmm. That is a sign of a mature believer. A mature person, even a person who is not yet a believer, if they will take correction, whoever it comes from, because if, if, if we get corrected or sometimes it just feels like bad criticism or 
But if we can take that humbly and learn from it and just let it go, don't take it personally so much. Just that's well, how if we I need take to... the verbs from that passage. Yeah. And it says profitable for teaching. Okay. So if there's nothing else going on, you are learning mm -hmm. as it goes for reproof. That is conviction with sin and with problems in your life for correction, which is bringing you back again to where you're supposed to be. Mm. And then for training, okay, teaching, so reproof for things that go wrong, correction to fix it, come back to God's grace and training in righteousness. So what do you think is the difference between reproof and correction? There's obviously a difference. Is the reproof is your reproof saying, is reproof is God saying this is wrong. Correction is God saying this is how you get it right again. Hmm. That's the way I see it. Well, that's that's true. If I'm if I'm working with a horse and okay. the horse does something very wrong, they're going to know immediately I'm going to try and correct that or to to let them know that what they did was wrong. And then I'm going to let them try again until they get it right. And I think, you know, like if I'm working on a horse and getting them to bend their, bend off their ribs or something like that, mm -hmm. if initially their their feet are stomping around, they're going the wrong way or they're, or they're bucking or they're backing up or whatever, I'm going to stop it. That's mm -hmm. the, that's the reproof. Mm -hmm. Whatever that's going on, you need to stop first. Stop what you're doing first. And now let's try it again and we'll work through it. We might have to try many, many, many times to get it right. Mm -hmm. The same thing, I think, with God. Reproof is when God says, stop. Mm. Also, and then correction, God is saying, now do it this way. Ah, that's true. I wonder also, could reproof um, be dealing with disobedience? Certainly. More than correct. Because correction seems no, so. Reproof, reproof is, is the immediate, is dealing with the immediate sin. What you're doing is dangerous and, and harmful to yourself mm. and harmful to your relationship with God. And God says, stop. Mm. That's reproof. Stop. Mm -hmm. You're wrong. Mm. But God doesn't leave it there, thankfully. Right. Then he corrects. Then he says, let's change this. And this is mm -hmm. how I want you to do it. And that can happen. I, I, I just read, want to read from, these are just parts of, now I'm going to look them up. Mm. But I just looked up reproof in the back of this, this sure. Bible. It's, there's Proverbs 10. Proverbs 10, She's got 17. a study Bible and she's in the back looking through the index. Yep. There's only three. The glossary. Only three in, in in back here that mention reproof. Right. I'm sure there's others, but the one that you mentioned in Second Timothy, and then Proverbs 10:17 says the one who rejects reproof leads others astray. If That's you're scary. wrong and you don't want to admit you're wrong, somebody's going to follow you. Yes. Yes. And the other one, the one who listens to reproof. This is Proverbs 15:32. So the one who listens to reproof gains intelligence. Mm -hmm. So it might sting, it might sting a little bit or, or sting our pride or hurt our pride. But if you will listen to it and let God correct you, you will gain intelligence. We all need more intelligence in this world. And, but if you, if we reject reproof, we're going to lead others into sin. Well, and, and that's horrible. What, what it said in that, in that second Timothy there, where Paul says it's profitable. It's a good thing. Even if even the reproof is a good thing. It is profitable and useful mm -hmm. for everything. And then I wanna I wanna add here as we're getting drawn in a little bit. Yeah. I wanna add uh, from Colossians three sixteen. Oh, that sounds like a good one. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. I love that. Let it dwell in you richly. That's what David was talking about. It's it's mm. held he holds it in his heart and he holds it everywhere. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and <coughs> hymns 
and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the, the word of God will take you. No matter where you start in it, no matter if you are corrected, no matter if you are reproved by God, no matter what of those other things that happen, I think what it will take you to in the end is an understanding of God's love. And from there comes the thankfulness in our heart that God did these things. He talks to us. He, he wrote these things down so that we could read them or listen to them. He, he did these things for our benefit. And when you truly get into the word, you'll start understanding that this is, this is the ultimate love from God mm -hmm. that he created the universe and he created you and he did not cast you astray. He didn't kick you out of the nest and say, go fly. Mm -hmm. He said, I'll stay with you. I will be with you to the end of the age and I will be with you and teach you and correct you and guide you in where you need to go to keep you on the path that's necessary for your life. Mm -hmm. Everything in the Bible is beneficial. Mm -hmm. That therefore everything in the Bible is a blessing. Because God could have left us hanging. Yeah. And, and I didn't. I also like since it talks about the word is for reproof and correction, mm -hmm. that means God knows we're gonna need to be reproved and corrected at times. He's not surprised if we stumble or we do wrong things. He just he has made a safety net. He's the safety net. And I wanna say back to that where I said that the one who doesn't listen to reproof will lead those others mm. astray. Mm. That's very serious because this is Luke 17, mm. 1 and 2. I'm going to read this to you. Um, and Jesus said to his disciples, temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him or her if a mm -hmm. millstone were hung around mm -hmm. their neck and he and, or she were cast into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. And I know, right, some people think that's talking about little kids, but I think it's anybody. If we're okay. a child of God, if someone causes us to sin, of right. course, we're responsible. But they're going to be judged by that. And you don't want to be judged by leading people to sin. Right. Oh, it's better to be thrown into the sea and drowned. I mean, that's harsh. But that shows how serious it is. Right. Anyway. So just to put a, put a period on this, I, I want to go back to that. Okay. Passage from Colossians, and I want to add to it just a little bit. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Mm. Not just dwell in you, but dwell in you richly. Mm. To do that, it has to be important, and it has to go to the front of your heart. It has to be what is the core of your being. It has to be who, what you're basing yourself on. And then Psalm 119, David says, I have stored up your word in my heart. That I might not that I might not sin against you. Oh, that's so good. Storing up the word, constantly feeding it. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We have to continually go back and feed ourselves with the bread of the word. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, that becomes who we are and what we are made of. And the more that old saying, "You are who you eat." Eat the you word. You are what you, you eat. are what you eat. <laughs> eat the word. And. And you the more you, that's really weird. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> and and a cow coming out of me somewhere. The more, the more you ingest the word, the more you want it. Right. It's like our thirst and hunger for it grows. As First we, Peter two two, like newborn infants, long for pure spiritual uh, milk. Yeah. That by it you may grow into salvation. Thanks for talking about this. Yeah, this it's is one of my favorite topics. Yes, this is wonderful, and I need to be reminded of it too. It happens, people. Uh, 
sometimes people uh, take the word in January 1st, like a New Year's resolution, and they're fired up and they get going on it, and then life gets in the way or they let things pull them away from it or mm-hmm. they take their time away from it, and then they lose it. Mm-hmm. But guess what? You God's forget. grace yeah. is new every day. Go back to his word every day. Yeah, because you can forget how you good it tastes. You can always go back. Yeah, go back. And start over. Start a new spot. Continue on from where you would have been if you hadn't. It doesn't matter. Just get back into the word. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, God bless. Happy spring. Thank you.